Welcome to the Three Wins Podcast, presented by Legacy Advisory Partners. My name's Sean Lydon with Lydon Communications, LLC, and I'm the producer of the Three Wins. And today, Legacy's president, Russ Clemmer, speaks with Bobby Mitchell Sr., founder and chairman of the board at Fellowship of Companies for Christ International. SCCI is an organization that equips and encourages Christian business leaders to operate their businesses and conduct their personal lives according to biblical principles. Bobby shares about the early days of how FCCI got off the ground and talks about the unique challenges and opportunities for growth that come with being a faith-fueled entrepreneur. If you want to gain renewed inspiration for how to live out your faith and values in the marketplace, you don't want to miss this episode. Now, if you find this type of content to be valuable, please hit the subscribe button below or in your favorite podcast app, and please leave a review or a comment. This will let us know what you think and also help others find the three wins. Now, on to the next episode of the Three Wins Podcast. When I, I wanted to, when I just said I would go to Applied Ceramics, mm-hmm. uh, it was on the condition that I could run it as a Christian company and that, that you'd give me a line of credit of a half million dollars. And, and I, I, won't, I, I just want the availability of the money. I never spent a dime of it, by mm-hmm. the way. But, mm-hmm. but the, and I tell you, that may not have been a half million. That may have been 100000 mm-hmm. And a half million sounds real big. I'd have to check that. But I think uh, 100000 probably is a more realistic number. But at any rate, so Bert got saved after he hired me. And this is Bert? Stumberg. Bert Stumberg, okay. And so all of a sudden, Bert was on fire to figure out what to do with what does running a company for Christ mean? He had two or three other companies. Yeah. Had been a successful Georgia Tech grad. And, and so he, he really went all in. And so and Bert was the only one of us that had much money. We didn't have a whole lot of money. We had a little bit of money. So what we did, we, we each took different materials. We, we got to a point where we were sort of not sure what we were doing, and we just said, why don't we have a conference? And so we had a conference, and we had 80-something people come. How about that? And in downtown Marriott Marquis. And the Jimmy Purcell was one of the speakers, okay. and I was one of the speakers. Okay. And there was a guy that – there were two other speakers, but Rat Riley, did you ever know Rat Riley? No, no, David may have. Rat Riley was an All-American kicker at Auburn. Okay. And he was a storyteller. Uh-huh. And so uh, he, he was perfect for our conferences, and, and so – that set up the first one. Then we had a second one. Uh-huh. Bert was in a chemical association, and they had a one-day, a two-day, and a three-day conference. And the three-day was sort of a resort conference. And we said, why don't we – that sounds like a good plan. So that, we, that was sort of what we did. But yeah. we, uh, we changed that not long after that. But we had these conferences, and we'd have three of them a year, and we'd bring in some speakers. and, uh-huh. and uh, We'd record them and we'd we'd cut them up into 
teachable units and uh, in, in those 80 folks that came that was mainly from the Atlanta area southeast or be at south, this point southeast yeah you well, hadn't I, gotten national international yet had you uh-huh. I, okay. I had uh, heard about Jimmy Purcell okay and so I talked to Jimmy Purcell and Rhett Riley and said y'all need to come and be two speakers yeah and which they did sort of reluctantly but None of us knew what we were doing. You got to understand, God was just sort of easing us down a path, and we would. Well, let me pause there for just a second, because I've got you know David. David is closer in generation than you, and I'm. I grew up here in Larry Burkett, different names yeah, like that yeah. through Christian radio. My parents would have on in the car. Different yeah, like yeah. That. Sure. And it, what was it like for y'all wanting to have? a company that y'all led for Christ, its purpose, its purpose and, you know, and, and, but then why did y'all start something new? What were the resources well, there available? Weren't, there, weren't any, there wasn't anything there. So there was nothing. That, 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 that was a void. That, there was yeah. no, nobody was teaching on. Because when I was growing up, there's all these voices. Well, you know, they, if you, you have to go back and look at the voices. Larry Burkett wasn't telling a, teaching on how you operate a business for Christ. Yeah. He was telling how you manage your money. For the That's Lord. right. That's right. Yeah. James Dawson was telling you how to, how to lead your family for the yeah. Lord. And so you, there was nobody telling you how to run a business. Okay. Okay. And, and a CBMC was around, but they basically were an evangelical ministry that they'd have a big lunch, invite people and share somebody share the gospel and people come to know Christ. Yeah. And then they'd, Put them in some study, yeah. but it wasn't business yeah. necessarily. And so we started as this is going to be a business for the CEO. We don't really want got it. Everybody else coming in and they won't open up and they won't the top so, leader. Yeah, because so, because it, it starts at the top, right? Yeah, yeah. And and the first advertising piece we ever had was lonely at the top, and that. That worked, and but then we needed to expand. We needed more uh, people, so we expanded it. We we changed, and those are, uh, would be a lot of stories to get into how that some of that stuff actually happened. But at any rate, so we did this Mar- Mar- Marriott Marquis deal, and then we did one, and True Cassie spoke at that. Okay, and because at this point, how big is Chick Fil A at that point? Oh. Chick-fil-A was founded in 67. Uh-huh. And what this, year is this? This is 74. Okay. Five, seven, maybe 76. So he was seven, seven, eight years old. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and it was it was good. Everybody liked him, but he was yeah. he was not even well known. Right. At that point. Yeah. And Dan and Bubba, we we had a deal where, and I'm I'm sort of Jumping subjects and, and stories. The one one day we, we we used to have these board meetings down at Bert's lake house, and Bert could sleep ten or twelve people, mm-hmm. couples, and mm-hmm. and and uh, about half of that was his, and about half of it was the country club across the lake. So we 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 all liked to go down there, and, and that was. A lot of fun, and and one day we were we were finishing up. Everybody's hugging. We're getting ready to walk out the door, and Jimmy Purcell said, "I want to raise a new topic. I, I want to see us have a ministry to our children." 
and his children were business people. Mm-hmm. I mean, they weren't two years old or four years old. They right. were 15 or 20. Mm-hmm. Do you know them? I do. I, I've met David Purcell yeah. that runs the the hospitality, what they've grown into the hospitality group now. Yeah. I met Mr. Jimmy by chance. He was in for a massage at the spa Good. on the property. And he... I, is like he had known me for yeah, yeah yeah and he's he suffered a little bit with dementia toward the end mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Uh, not not so much that he couldn't remember and and participate yeah and so but anyway he he said out what if we do another mid conference and just invite the children of the members of the thing so we can start to grow them up in the Lord. And so we all thought that was a good idea, and we beat it around for a while, and then we, we sort of did it. But and it would, it had recollection says that we had about 125 or 30 people that would come to a conference, and David Purcell came. Mm-hmm. David Purcell and Dan Cathy were two of the leaders of that, and they both. That's a, that's a quote. Mm-hmm. On this book, it says, the purpose of the Fellowship of Companies for Christ International is to equip and encourage leaders to operate their businesses in a, as a platform for ministry. Dan Cathy was a leader of the Young Execs, this movement mm-hmm. uh, of FCCI for a number of years and learned many fun, fun, foundational Christian and met many foundational Christian business people there. He recently reflected back on those days and said, the time I spent in that circle of men, the leadership of FCCI, had more influence on my business life as a Christian than anything else I've ever experienced. Hmm. And so that that was a uh, sort of, God really touched a lot of young people, but they sort of wanted to come up and be part of the bigger group. And so... Mm -hmm. After a few years of running dual groups, and, and we used Walt Wiley as the primary teacher for the young people because Walt was a storyteller mm-hmm. and a great speaker, and so they all liked Walt, so that worked good. So that's how that went on, went on long. Mm-hmm. The, going back to sort of capture, we, we, we were meeting before we, we ever had a conference and we were trying to flesh out some of the ideas. And mm-hmm. so we, we, we sort of went to market with a conference ministry. Yeah. There was, a, there was these big gaps. It, we were having three conferences a year. And so you didn't have much covering the other parts. So we started yeah. groups. Yeah. And we used the, the uh, conference materials cut up. To, to serve as the training materials for the groups. And so those were nice because as you added people, you could give them that group worth of teaching, and it was different from this one, and, and so it, it sort of built on that. But we, we, beat, we, we, we made groups, and we put a little format. We gave a lot of freedom in how to do it, and, and we did. And then we had some what we called it. In that day, area coordinators. Mm-hmm. And so they would work an area and help to work with group leaders to, to train and equip them to teach, but also to, to recruit. And so the 
that took a life of its own. But we had mm-hmm. again in uh, Colorado, again Florida, and again Ohio. And so we we had some coverage there, and, and then people were were could move at their own pace, and, mm-hmm. and so that worked out pretty well too. Some people were were real gung ho, and so they they were ahead of the game, and some people didn't do much. Yeah. But so, you, you mentioned something a little bit earlier, and I don't know if we caught it on film. You were talking with David. It's one thing to say, you know, I'm a, I'm a believer. I'm a follower of Christ. I also own a company. And then to talk about your faith in a company, that doesn't mean you're leading the company for Christ. What are some of the practical things? You, I think you talked about hiring. I think you talked about different, we, we, different elements of running a business and yeah. leading a business. What are some of the things that y'all developed and talked about is, is kind of pioneering some of the, what are some of those areas of business leadership? We, and Basically, we, we broke the ministry down into three buckets. Mm-hmm. We said we're about salvation, mm-hmm. sanctification, and service. Mm-hmm. And so those three from Way back, almost at the, not quite the very beginning, but within several months of the of the very beginning, Bruce Wilkinson shared this message on salvation, sanctification, and service. Mm-hmm. And so we said, you need to lead people to the Lord. And if you've got a company of a hundred people, you know you probably have ten thousand touches between truck drivers and and uh, mm-hmm. anybody and everybody that. Vacate, visit your your business in one yep. way or another, mm-hmm. and so we 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 developed some materials on how to tell the stories and lead people to Christ in a business. And then once we did that, and people were saved, we didn't know what to do with them, and so we had to develop materials on how to train them and teach them and raise them up in the Lord's sanctification. And then the third thing is service, and that's being a service to our fellow man and to mm-hmm. helping them meet needs. And, and so that, that gave you some structure. There are a lot of other things that, that we did. We would have a conference, and we'd have a show-and-tell table longer than this table here, and what people would bring in and show what they're doing to, to reach people for Christ or mm-hmm. to grow them up or to serve the nation. And so that was well received. And and people started doing that. And so that grew the ministry. We didn't, we had no concept, I think, that we were better than. We were a bunch of guys struggling to figure out how to honor the Lord through a business. And so you you had as people tried to do that, everything was different. Mm-hmm. And so you'd get a different type of story over here mm-hmm. versus over there. And so it grew the materials pretty fast to say, we're going to uh, show you how to lead people to Christ. And so we, we would, and we tried to find speakers that, that were, came down the line of, you, you need to accept Christ and you need to apply that in, into your business. And mm-hmm. sort of if the foundational going way, this goes back to the very first thing. God owns it all. 
and we are stewards of what he's entrusted us with. And if he if he's entrusted us with a business, that we need to operate that business for his glory and not our glory. And so it's very basic theology that you don't hear very often anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a uh, and that's where I, I kind of, you know, thinking through and and you know, I think there's some voices talking about, you know, ministry in the workplace, you know, good, yeah, good. Yeah. But that the CEO and the leader, it's and I, I just, you know, talking from personal perspective and what I hear is that you know, you gotta keep it to yourself if you're the CEO, if you run a business. You gotta keep wow. it to you because somebody's gonna sue you or that's not appropriate. You got to leave that over here, but that's not that's not the message. That's yeah. not what the Bible. Well, and I don't know where Christ we're headed teaches. now. Yeah. You know, right now, who knows where we're going to be in a, in a year or two? But we did. We just plowed on. We and, but and was, there, was there some of that same sentiment? You don't need to bring that into the. You know, you need to leave no, that over well, here. They were the not. And, they were not advanced to okay. an FCCI way of thinking. Okay. There was no I, by the way, on FCCI in those early days. Right. It was FCC. Yeah. Right. And about 1990, we added the I and, and went to international. Okay. But that's a foundational thing is that you need to share the truth. Mm-hmm. And, you, and even scary, you need to be able to share your faith and lead somebody to Christ. And so we would encourage the people to keep track of how many people did you lead to Christ this year. And so that those are sort of interesting kind of numbers. There was a guy that uh, got into leading just a bundle of people to Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and his goal was to lead a million people to Christ in his lifetime. And he, I have no idea if he did it. He's still alive. He was 102 or 104 the last time I had contact with him. <laughs> and and I'm not sure it was by he had sent his regards via another guy, and so I called him up on the telephone, talked to him a little bit. But he was a great guy, and he wrote a book called "God Owns My Business." Hmm. And so, and he 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 talked about different principles. I would say, if in in the very early days, that was about the only book written that really applied to business guys. And, and leading people to Christ and growing them up in the Lord. I went to see him, and he, his name was Stanley Tam. And Stanley wanted to reach five people a day for Christ. I, I was a guy, I was timid about sharing my faith. And, and what I did, I wrote my testimony, and I gave out 10,000 of those tracts. Mm-hmm. So that everybody has their own methodology, but this guy could lead five people a day to Christ. And I asked him, I flew up to Lima, Ohio, and uh, met with him. He had a great big old building and said, Christ is the answer on the side of the building. And I said, tell me about that. And he said, well, we're trying to honor the Lord in all aspects of the business. Back sort of to your question a little mm-hmm. while ago. Mm-hmm. And, and we, so... For us, we had a we had a tremendous emphasis on evangelism, five people a day for Christ. He showed me, I guess, five, six cabinets, file cabinets 
that were full of people that had come to Christ. And, and, you know, there'd be one, two, three, four, maybe five high. And they're, they're packed. And he's got this crisis answer. And he said, yeah. And he said, we, we also like to go international. So I've built over 100 churches internationally. And so he was a hero to me. And I, I used Stanley Tam's numbers to, to sort of project what you could do. And, and what you realize is he's operating at such a high level, you, you could reach the world for Christ in three or four years. Mm. And so, and, and in my opinion, that's the only way you're going to reach Christ. Mm-hmm. Reach, you're going to reach the, the world for Christ is, is do that. And, and the, the uh, workplace is a Hebrew word uh, in the workplace called avadah. Mm-hmm. And avadah means that it means work. It's translated work, but it's also translated leading somebody to Christ. And so that, that's an unusual word. You don't see that word very often. Okay. But that was sort of what we did. But Stanley, I took the, his numbers, and I was involved in doing a deal with, with General Motors. And at a very high level, all the way to the CEO, chairman of the board of the Jack Smith of, of General Motors. And I, I started a Bible study on the, the executive level floor. And I was a young guy that I didn't understand at the time. People don't give much credit to young guys. They sort of blow them off and say, <laughs> but I, I, I persisted. And, but Stanley Tam was the guy. And so I took five people a day for Christ and, and I, I ran the numbers and I, I multiplied the numbers and it came out that you, you, you could do, you could really make a dent in evangelizing the whole world in, in four or five years. Really complete. If you, if you, if you did it to perfection, you'd complete it and it'd be, uh, so Stanley was never involved in, in FCCI other than as a speaker. And he, there's a whole series that, that, that book would be a fun book for you to get. Uh, God owns my business. God owns my business. And his name was Stanley Tam. Tam. T-A-M-M. T-A-M-M. Well, what we're going to do is, including your book, A Walk in the Market, we're going to take the link where people can find this and obviously FCCI. Yeah. Um, it, we'll find, you know, assuming it's still in print or there's copies out there somewhere. We, we're going to find them more. I don't, I don't we'll, know. We'll, I don't link know. it up. That way, in the description of the video, everybody will find what they yeah. want to go find that we've talked well, you'll about. You'll see Bruce, a quote, quote from Bruce Wilkinson when we asked him to be the speaker at our first resort conference. He said, I thought I can go into the library. I can pull down all the books on this topic. I can write them up. And, and then I started doing it. And there were no books. None. Zero. Yeah. It said the only one I found was God Owns My Business by Stanley Tam. And so he evolved a a new theology, if you would. Mm -hmm. And so that probably would take a little more time when we got today. But But I think that's that's really what, you know, when I'm looking at talking with you and listening and putting this on a 
on a video and recording it is, you know, there's going to be all kinds of different people that see this, potentially see this, but really the message is for someone. And when I heard your, you know, why did FCC then FCC start, you know, what is it about getting together as business owners? That's what I want people to hear because it's, it's depressing. It's frustrating. It's, in the discouraging when you sit there and think, am I the only one yeah, interested yeah. in leading my business in a Christ-like, in a biblical Christ-like manner? Yeah. Well, what you also get into, and, and you get into this sort of early, is if people really catch the vision of I'm going to operate my company as a platform for ministry, mm-hmm. and I'm going to share the fa- my faith and stories and salvation, sanctification and service. And what you realize is those guys cling together in these groups and and they want to hear what you're doing. And so nobody in those days had any thought that we had cornered the market. You know, it was all a thought of how are we going to bring more people in to to walk with the Lord. And so, but people come for different reasons. Some people come with good motives and some people come with Mm. questionable motives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, but it becomes pretty obvious which is which. And so we, we had, we, we built structure and you could, you could go through, I didn't bring any of that material. But the foundational premise of God owns it all. I really don't know if I've heard a preacher preach that. God owns it all. Now, FCC preaches it. <laughs> I can tell you, it's hard to find. Yeah. It's hard to find good theology around business, capitalism, business owners. A fundraising ability. Like we were involved in a, I'm working on a, Sort of a, uh, if God has blessed you significantly financially, then God has a purpose for that money. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it is his purpose is to build the kingdom of God. And, and so there are lots of different ways people do that. And, and they, they, they don't all do it the same. And they don't all, but people, I watch them give a lot of money. And I, then I watch people really not give much money at all. I hope we're going to have this ready for the conference. I don't know if we will or not, but we did a program. There was a a school called Peace Preparatory Academy in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And it was operating on a shoestring, and you had about 50 kids in the school, and and, but they had a great vision. And and so I watched a couple of handful of guys contribute. A million and a half dollars mm. to to get the school to buy the school from who it was a church in an old church mm-hmm. in downtown Atlanta, the worst area of Atlanta. And so they they established a school, they established a church, they established a discipleship and after school activities for these kids, and it was really sort of just unbelievable. And people stepped up and said that. That's the way you could win America and, and fix some of these things that people would, would put money 
with effort and elbow grease and really open their eyes on what's around them. And that, that's another example. My wife and, and do you know Chad Merrill? Chad, Chad's a board guy for FCCI. But mm-hmm, Chad's mm-hmm. wife, Robin, and my wife, Sue, got on my case, and they said, you ought to go see this thing. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't want to go see this thing. Mm-hmm. And I had a bad attitude. And <laughs> they, But I got in, and I, I walked in the door, and I, I guess my mindset was I can give them $1,000. And, and, but I don't have any desire to be involved in it. Mm-hmm. Now... I got a few feet into the building and I watched this happen. I thought, well, this is better than I thought. I I, I give them two or three thousand dollars. Then I went through the thing and and I heard the the vision and the plan and the building. They're they're working on a fifteen million dollar building fund right now. But anyway, they they this was the day they were about. I don't remember the exact number, but I'm gonna say. They were a half a million dollars short of the original deal to buy the land mm-hmm. and the church building. And without that, they really didn't have anything. And so I, I finally got to the point of, I, I, I got into questioning Ben, ben Wills as the uh, president, I guess, of, of that Peace Preparatory Academy. And I got to question him, his, his politics and his I wanted to see if, how pure his thoughts were, and and and, and I decided they're, they're good enough. They're, they're pretty good. I'm sure there are things that I wouldn't agree with, but I felt like he, his, his overriding goal was to honor the Lord with the school. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, they're a year ahead of the Atlanta Public Schools. Mm in terms of standardized tests. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, the, I, I, didn't, I didn't see how this school was going to make this deal was going to make it. And so I told him, I said, Ben, I, I'll give you a matching grant. And it, it was a pretty large sum of money. And it was, if, if you get it, I'll pay it. If you don't get it, I'm not going to pay it. But sometimes these matching deals go awry and they pay you whether they hit it or don't hit it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I said I'm, I'm not paying it and so they hit it 60 minutes before the contract expired at the table and we wrote the checks and bought the building and it was unbelievable and so now this is a are you familiar with Tom Cousins mm-hmm are you familiar with what he did to build the community around the East Lake? No, tell me. He did, you, you could get video and lots of it for this, but Tom, and Tom's not in very good health, mm-hmm. but he's, he's a golfer and a great builder. And it was drugs runner, bad sex. It was just the awfulest county, city, or whatever. I don't know what they measure it with. And in the whole deal, Peace Prep is a, is a micro deal. This is a mega deal, mm-hmm. millions of dollars. And Cousins had the ability to get people to put up $250,000 mm-hmm. for a membership in the club. And, and 50000 of it went to the club and 
200,000 went to renovating all the, the garbage houses around it. And now it is the pristine model in the United States for how to turn an inner city quagmire into a, a great uh, deal. Tom Cousins is not a part of SCCI, but that that's a vision that fits was in the FCCI vision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When, when I got excited and we did the little Peace Preparatory Academy, that was to say you could take, that's of such a size, a million and a half bucks, that you could take that all over the country and you could do a hundred of them and not want for money. And, and so, but you, somebody's got to go sell the concept. So we're doing a little video. One of the FCCI guys is a real good video guy. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do the video on that. And I hope to roll it out at the conference. I, we're getting mighty close to the conference to to make it, but we'll see. Yeah, coming up, which is two months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and by the way, you'll learn more about the FCCI if you come to a conference than you will any other I'm place. headed to Beaver Creek in Great. October. Great. Yeah, I'm headed out Great. there with David. Well, that's good. I, we're about to sell out of rooms. We're struggling with rooms mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got mine early. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. Frank Van gets them for me, so I don't even worry about them. But at any rate, so that that was a macro and a micro. Sure. And pick your poison, but it's you can do incredible good out of the service business, and you can lead people to Christ. You can do all these things we've been talking about. You can do through that vehicle. Yeah. And service sanctification, salvation, salvation sanctification, uh, sanctification service. service. Yeah, I think that's really you know what resonates with me as a as a younger fella in leading a small business and really stepping into it when you know great folks have kind of gone before. Yeah, yeah. is what it's not like I've got to you know leave my fingerprints all over it. It's how do I take something. And make sure that I don't get in the way of it yeah. just because God's given it to me to lead forward. And I know that's the mindset of a lot of my peers who are out there and, and you know, they, they love the Lord. They're, you know, going to church, they're studying, but there's that, I think there's, there's still that void and may, maybe there always will be it until people continue to discover, but how do you how do you make sure you're you're making these hours that you pour into a business? How do you make sure they count for what you're well, doing so that it's not like I'm going to church on Sunday and the rest of the week I'm not? You have to say, God owns it all. Mm-hmm. I'm, we're stewards of what He's entrusted us with, and we're to use it for His glory and not our glory. Mm-hmm. If you can get that straight, that one little fr- phrase straight. Then, then you can answer that question. And, and people are not the same. So, you know, so, some people appear to be great guys and aren't. Some people appear to be lousy guys and are And they're good guys. And the, when we started doing uh, groups, it was great because the groups virtually taught themselves Mm-hmm. And, and you'd go into a guy's place, and he would do the program for that day and, and share his thoughts of, 
of what it meant to be and what he was doing and how he was leveraging that. And, and so he said, I remember the first time I ever started going into visiting the companies, I was overwhelmed with what they were doing and how creative they were doing something that the Lord would be, without question, would be happy with. And so I don't think you get the answer other than by walking it out. And some people quit. They, they won't stay with it a long time. And some people, I've got, well, Bill Leonard and I went to kindergarten together. Mm-hmm. So we've been, we've been, I led Bill to the Lord and, and he, he, he got the vision. Just, yeah. he got it. Some people get it like that. Yeah. Some people don't. And so I think it's a matter of, if you, if you can, understand that God owns it all and that you're stewards of what he's entrusted you with. Steward means manager. Mm-hmm. And and that we need to use it for his glory, not our glory. And so it, it's, a, it's a tight line mm-hmm. sometimes. You know, if you like, we've got a fairly capital intensive business. Mm-hmm. And so I need money. If we're going to operate that business and make it go, we're going to need money. Mm-hmm. And this is a good time for us. A business is good, and and so there's a lot of money coming in, and and we're tr- we're going to have a meeting next week to talk about giving, mm-hmm. and and what is the responsibility to give, and and so it's going to be an interesting meeting. Yeah, I think this the the conversation and in, in when we work with people, we we talk about three buckets or three wins. So your money's got to go into one of those three, and the first one is you know not necessarily the number one win, but the first one we kind of start talking through is the shareholder win. Why do you start a company? You know, it, it's because you may be able to do it better than the competitor, have an advantage. There's financial upside. There's an opportunity to live out your faith in a way that you can control. And, and you know, there's many different reasons you start a company or own a company or shareholder in a company. But one of those is financial. So what are the details around that? A lot of shareholders, well, they don't define it. But then the, one of the questions in there is what's enough? I had a guy who was a member of SCCI from Minnesota. And he had a real in that in those days had a relatively big company, mm-hmm. and he gave away ninety percent of the earnings of his company to do these various things. And he he defined what's enough as ten percent. As ninety percent. No, I mean ten percent. Oh, he, he gave away ninety and kept ten. 10. Yeah. Whatever he did with the ten yeah. after that yeah. was, but that was that definition. If you yeah. don't define. If you don't go through the process of defining that, then you're always chasing profits. You're always chasing margins, and you don't get it in the right bucket. Well, it's it's guys that would run companies are inherently greedy, and they're inherently wanting to make something of themselves, yeah. and they've got an ego. Yeah. And so you, you're trying to tame a wild beast, if you, <laughs> if you could. Yeah. And that's not easy. 
No. But the thing that that would uh, help it more than anything else would be to to have this group mentality and share and struggle together. It, it's helpful to do it with somebody. And so yeah. it, it's it's much harder, I think, to do it by yourself. Mm. And in this day of COVID, you know, I just don't know where that's headed. Mm. I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Mm. I just mm. know it's a mess. Yeah. And, yeah. and so you've got, you, you need like-minded brethren to mm. come alongside of you and help you think through some of the things that you struggle with. I think that's the, I think that's the, in opening yourself to accountability. Yeah. That's one of the biggest thing, biggest things that I've seen and in, in, in heard about FCCI is that you create the forum for folks to be able to engage in that in a group, in, in a large group setting, but then also, you know, in the smaller groups. Yeah. You're going to we'll talk after you go to the conference and see, but I think, you know, if I'd make you encourage you to make yourself open and available, transparent, and and wanting to grow a company for Christ, mm-hmm. and and see what where that leads you. And did you tell me you just talked to Terry Parker for an hour? I did last week. I did, I, I had a, a similar conversation like ours, just about how he got started with his law firm and then NCF, and now he's what he's doing in different areas with helping hands and yeah. different things like that. And, and that's where I was piggybacking a little bit on what you were saying about giving. Cause he talks about generosity is not a biblical concept. It's something that we've kind of come up with and, and maybe, you know, kind of put some, you know, some, some good things on, but he talks about the joy of giving. Yeah. Yeah. The joy of giving is, is, more of a biblical concept than generosity. And I think that's, that's what's so great about the fact that it's okay to own a business. It's okay to make money. It's okay to do these different things, but not at the expense of your testimony as a Christian. The stewardship that you're talking about, I love these three things. I'm going to make sure we put these in there and make sure we highlight those three things you were talking about. God owns it all. We're stewards of what he's entrusted us with, and it's all for his glory. And I think that the joy of giving is something that uh, it, it's it's just you don't talk about it. Back to the theology, you have pastors who don't want to talk about giving, yeah, or they want to talk about giving in a sense of some campaign to build a yeah this or do this. But instead of the the relationship with Jesus and the act of giving and how those two things are connected. Well, I think it's a. Uh this thing plays out lots of different directions. Mm-hmm. And, and so I wouldn't be so as concerned with what is this guy doing versus this guy. Mm-hmm. As long as they're moving down and trying to, to be a manager, if the mentality is I'm going to manage what God's entrusted me with for his glory. And so... And God's got different things for different. He does. Folks. He does. And it, it, he'll flesh it out in different ways. Even in a family, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to talk to Bobby, I guess, here in, in a few minutes, mm-hmm. and and he'll give you a different perspective than I will. So, but both of us are in the same crowd, and and he's doing great. Yeah. 
Well, I think it's a testimony to, you know, him, him with his own walk with the Lord, but also having a great example in you, yeah. but being able to benefit for some of the, the, the investment that, you know, was made in, in that generation of folks after y'all that through FCCI and different programs like that. And, you know, to me, if, if one thing I've, you know, I had, you know, some grandparents that told good stories and said, this is how it was for me. It might be different from you, but here's what you need to remember. And that's what my uh, generation does not do well. We don't yeah. capture those stories from people who have seen it in so many different ways and designs and everything else. And we think what we're seeing and what we're feeling is all brand new. Yeah. And we don't yeah. trust, we don't trust people that we should, and we don't ask for that input. And I think that's one of the reasons I was excited about Terry and you and, and some of the other guys we have lined up. Well, Terry and I've been friends for a long time. Yeah. I'd have to figure it out. I bet 40 years or more. Mm-hmm. We, my brother-in-law was the managing partner of the law firm that Terry was in. Okay. And and he's the one who allowed Terry to basically get away from doing income-producing work and, mm-hmm. and, and building. That's, what, uh, that's what he said. And yeah. So, so I watched. I was involved with Terry. Goodness, 30, 45, 45 years, I think. Mm. But it was, uh, he had freedom to, to do what he wanted, felt was right, and there were no tracks. That was n- another case where there was, was no tracks. And, and uh, Terry is involved, we're involved in several things, and great guy. Well, I think that, you know, what you guys have done, your obedience to the Lord, in pursuing this and then, you know, like today, making the story available, sharing the testimony of what, you know, you've learned in, in, in following Christ and leading your business for Christ. That's, that's the, that's what people need to hear. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I'm excited about. Oh, great. And I appreciate well, it's, it. It's, it's a great story. Yeah. And it's a great fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And I believe that if people really get focused in on what God's asking them to do, that, that they'll be so fulfilled and satisfied with, with the, a different walk than they thought they would be taking. And, you know, you got to look at what are the fruits of the Spirit and what are the things that the Word te- tells us to do and guide us into doing. And, and so you start putting your life up against those things, and you may not come out so great. And you, you need to say, wow, hard. So there's, there's some hard things. And if, if you, I think you need to make an honest effort. I had a friend that had a company called Galtronics. Mm-hmm. Galtronics was over in Israel, Tiberius, Israel. Mm-hmm. And he went in with this, he was, he was a brilliant guy and he had, developed a lot of antenna methodology. And so anywhere, right, there was a company, Motorola or Sylvania, somebody like that, that was wanting to put a plant. He would want to put a plant beside him. And so he did that several times. But this one in Israel, he did with the purpose of reaching 
the nation of Israel for Christ. Now think about this. That is not the objective of the nation of Israel. But that was his objective. Mm-hmm. And he, but, he, but he treated people well. He treated them the way he wanted to treat them, you know, the golden rule. And so there are lots of things that you can, that are clear that to treat them bad is, is not biblical. To, and so he, he ran this company, Galtronics, and after several years, he was selected. I don't know who selected. It was on the front page of a newspaper. Galtronics named the winner of the best country company in Israel. I misquoted that a little bit, but that's the essence of what. Yeah. And the Knesset gave him the, the Medal of Honor. And these are a bunch of hardened Jews mm-hmm. that, that are so impressed with his the way he's walked mm-hmm. that they honored him and it gave him great notoriety. I talk about it in my book, but I've, I've known him for He developed these things. That the whole Bible could be on a one little handheld unit, mm-hmm. and so he he's he's he gave away a lot, but he probably had he probably had or he it sounds like he definitely had more fun leading this business. Oh no! Than he otherwise, if his if his goal and his vision had just been maximization of profit. Yeah. Well, you could you could line up fifteen or twenty companies, and you'd get a very different picture out of all of them. Sure. But, but it just says there, there are different ways that this works itself out. And your responsibility is to, to do, to operate the company as a platform for ministry mm-hmm. and, and to realize what we've talked about several times today. It's the, that God owns it all and we're stewards of what he's entrusted us with. So. Been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been Mr. great. Bobby. Thank you for we should do thank it. you for sharing some of these nuggets, and I'm excited that we are able to share share them with the audience. And we're going to put them out there. On, we're going to put this out there on YouTube. We're going to get spit shine a little bit. We're going to put it out there on YouTube, and it's something that Ken's going to be able to work with as well, and in, in developing some of that testimonial and story time. As well, well, if we need to polish it up a little bit, let me know, and we'll work on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get our team, and we'll get Ken looped in on on the video, and yeah, but. So thank you very much. And, and everybody, it's been uh, wonderful to sit down with Mr. Bobby for a little while. And if you, if you want to know a little bit more in general about what it means to lead your company for Christ, but also to fellowship with other people who are trying to do that same thing. And to your point, it looks different for every leader at every company, how they express that. Because yeah. God's got different plans. Right. God's got different plans for each of us in what he's called us to do in our different companies. But it's exciting to be able to see that. And, you know, from my perspective, and I think everybody, you know, if you're if you're out there relatively, you know, late 30s, early 40s, kind of my, my peer of mine in that age group. Listen to as many folks who are have been down that road as possible. And that's why I appreciate you taking the time. Right. Not everybody wants to take time with a young, but I appreciate you. I just uh, hope it'll be a great fruit for you. Absolutely. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you for listening to the Three Wins Podcast. We have links to some awesome resources in the show notes. And if you haven't already done so, please click subscribe. 
so you won't miss any future episodes of the Three Wins Podcast. This is Sean Lydon signing off for now. Until next time, we'll see you then.